Hello once again, my fabulous Fit Fizz friends. I'm back, although my plans to have a guest today didn't quite work out. So I'm solo today, and that means that you will be surprised with a guest episode at some point this month. Today is one of those topics where I've glossed over this idea several times, but I haven't fully explained it. So while I've been talking about macros and my brand new macro coaching options, I thought it made sense to really focus on this today with calories in versus calories out. How does that really work? Is it true? So that way, when I mention things like this in the future, and I'm sure I will, I it will make sense to you, or I will also have a place to refer people in order for them to understand what I'm talking about when it comes to the concept of calories in versus calories out. And before I go any further, my name is Kelly Wilson. I'm the owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. All right. Is losing weight, losing fat, losing inches really as simple as calories in versus calories out? If you burn more calories than you eat, will you always lose fat or inches? It depends on who you talk to. The reason for that is because it should be that simple, but the reality is we live in a world with more and more not totally healthy people. So there are often many other factors and nuances that need to be considered. The fact that these factors do exist, I personally say that it's too broad of a statement to be accurate. Therefore, I don't think it's correct to say, well, if you have fewer calories in or if you burn more calories than you eat, you should never gain weight. In theory, it should be that simple. And it could be if big if, if you had a room full of people who had matching DNA, they were relatively young, no one has ever encountered disease, no one had food sensitivities, they ate perfectly nutrient-dense foods for every meal, they were all moderately physically active, they had no stress, and their appetites appetites always stayed exactly the same. And if they, that also means that all of these people would never have any genetic predispositions to anything like MTHFR, PCOS, candida, different types of insulin sensitivities or metabolic syndromes. So the chances of a room full of people like that are pretty non-existent, right? Now, long ago, I used to be that person who thought that if I ate 500 calories and burned 600 calories, I'd be on my way to losing weight or burning fat. But hold on right there. I said losing weight. And I said, I use this word on purpose but it never sits right with me because, so most people say losing weight, but it's important to know that losing weight is different from losing fat or losing inches. So the term losing weight is vague. It could mean different things. Now, in theory, this overarching idea of calories in versus calories out being the formula for weight loss or fat loss, yes, in theory, it is mostly true because basically what calories in versus calories out means is that a person has to have a caloric caloric deficit in order to lose weight or fat or inches. That in itself is true. 
you do have to be eating fewer calories and or burning more calories than you're putting into your body in order to lose fat. And yes, there are rare people who have extremely high metabolisms. And this is one reason where and why things can start to get complicated for the calories in versus calories out theory. And one example is that some people with hyperthyroidism, where the T3 and T4 hormones are off balance. Now, T3 and T4 hormones, those are thyroid hormones, and they are very, very directly related to metabolism. Somebody who has hyperthyroidism, their hormones are off balance in such a way that they can't keep weight on even if they try. But this is very, I shouldn't say very rare. I should have looked up statistics, but this is not a lot of people. And don't let me catch anybody joking around like, oh, must be nice for them because it is an illness and it comes with many other symptoms that are very unpleasant. But switching tracks just a bit, let's define what calories in means and what calories out means. It's a little bit along the lines of the phrase, eat less, move more. You've probably heard that before. So let's not forget that calories are units of energy. So calories in or Units of energy in are what we need in order to have energy to output. But there's also metabolism and there's something called your resting metabolic rate. Your resting metabolic rate is the total number of calories that are burned when your body is completely at rest. So if you did absolutely nothing all day, your brain, your breathing, digestion, circulation, all of your organs would keep working to keep you alive. And they do require energy and calories help them to do that. And there are formulas. If you want to figure out your own resting metabolic rate, you can search for that online or Maybe that'll be a whole show in itself someday. But to stay on track for today, let's keep going with breaking down the idea of calories in. Now, obviously, that's the food that we eat. But think about how often the food that you eat is influenced by appetite. Pretty often, right? So whether you have no appetite compared to normal or a huge appetite compared to your normal, those are some hormonal factors happening. We've got leptin, which makes you feel full or not really hungry. We've got ghrelin, which makes you feel hungry. Or maybe changes in appetite are related to stress, which affects hormones like serotonin, adrenaline, and cortisol. Or if you are a woman and you have a menstrual cycle, that can affect appetite. So that's related to your sex hormones. So like I said earlier, since we're not all robots in perfect conditions, these things do affect calories in or energy in the food we take in. But if you're sitting there saying, sure, Kel, but if you just force yourself to eat the right amounts of food, then it really does come down to calories in versus calories out. I have to beg to differ with that again, because we are not all perfect robots with perfectly healthy digestive systems. Even if you exclude appetite from the equation and force yourself to eat ideal amounts of food, the next battle is Da, da 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 nutrient absorption. So nutrient nutrient absorption, this is affecting both calories in and calories out. Who is affected by changes in nutrient absorption? Have you ever had food sensitivities? Have you ever had unexplained digestive issues? Have you ever taken medications for long periods of time? Have you ever eaten a whole lot of sludge or junk food for a couple of months? Here's here's one you're gonna like. Have you ever noticed skid marks in the toilet? 
Have you ever noticed that your poop looks like little pebbles of rabbit poop, rabbit pellets, or maybe your poop look, looked a little gray or greasy? or just something didn't look normal with your poop? If you answered yes to any of those, well, congratulations, you might be the winner of some sort of nutrient malabsorption. (laughs) Most people probably don't even know when this is happening. Now, when I was at the worst of my autoimmune disease, and quite honestly, learning about this was a pretty pivotal point for me in getting healthy, was when I learned that my body was not absorbing protein or fats properly. Now, based on what you know now about macros, All that's left that my for my body to absorb properly was carbs, but I wasn't eating a lot of those because grains were making me sick, and I wasn't eating, so I wasn't eating a whole lot of grains. Plus, I had leaky gut, meaning I was losing nutrients out of my small intestine, which was being leaked back into my bloodstream in a super unhealthy way. So my body was really not getting that many nutrients at all, and yeah, it's as scary as it sounds. Plus, I also I wasn't actually eating a ton. Because number one, I couldn't afford it. And number two, I was scared to eat anyway because everything I ate made me sick. All of those things were certainly contributing factors to major nutrient malabsorption and also the extreme fatigue that I had. That played a big role because if you don't have the energy, if you're not putting the energy or calories in, of course you're going to be tired. And there were other reasons I was fatigued as well. But at that time, I also was probably eating the least I had ever eaten in my life on a daily basis. And I also weighed the most that I had ever weighed in my life. Plus, while we're talking about nutrient absorption, one of the most prevalent factors that prevent people from having optimal nutrient absorption is an off-balance gut microbiome or the bacteria that live in your gut, your small intestine. And we need that healthy bacteria for overall health and to have good digestion happening. That all plays a factor too. And that's something I'll be diving into much deeper in the future. But to make this whole idea a little bit more concise, we could say that your body's nutrient absorption or the ability to use the energy that you put in is related to your overall health status. And sometimes we aren't always aware of these issues until things get really bad. Then another thing to consider that affects calories in, even though some people would argue that these things don't matter, are psychological factors. And I'd be willing to bet that people who want to argue that these things don't matter are the types of people who have had pretty easy lives, have never experienced things like depression or anxiety or abuse or tragic loss or life-altering things like those. So yeah, Psychological factors can affect calories in and also calories out. Things like stress, mindset, the state of your mental health, your relationship with food. And if anyone does argue that these things are not relevant to the calories in portion of things, keep in mind that if you break down all of these psychological factors, again, I'm going to say, I'm going to say them again, like things like stress, mindset, mental health, your relationship with food, these psychological factors if you really broke them down, they will all end up circling back to hormones. So there we go again. Hormones are back to being part of the overall energy equation. Also, medications, especially long-term medications, can play a factor in so many ways with this whole energy equation. A lot of medications drain the body of things like B vitamins and magnesium. And when that happens, the body tries to compensate in other ways And over the course of weeks, months, or years, that all ends up 
affecting hormones and metabolism. Now, here's an important point about metabolism, and I'm going to point out hypothyroidism in particular. Hypothyroidism is very common in both men and women, and it's something that I've personally experienced experienced from mild to severe over the course of these last 15 years. And one common symptom of hypothyroidism is weight gain because those thyroid hormones are directly tied to metabolism. But here's my point. Don't let that those things be an excuse for not being able to lose weight. As I always say, if you're happy and you're in a larger sized body, cool. It doesn't lessen anyone's value to be in a larger body. But it's also no secret that a lot of people in larger bodies are not comfortable at a larger size. I'm no exception to that, or I was no exception to to that when I was at my biggest. But I never let my thyroid issues be an excuse for my size. For example, I never said, well, I'm hypothyroid, so I'm just going to be bigger than I used to be, and that's just how it is. And I never said things like, well, my metabolism must be messed up, so it just doesn't matter what I eat or how much I train. I'm not going to be able to lose inches like everyone else, so I might as well not even try. I never said that because that would be a crutch or a totally unacceptable excuse in my book. If I heard anyone say things like that, I'd honestly feel like, wow, it's really sad that you don't care about your health at all because you can fix those things and you have to try and it's not easy and it will take dedication and commitment to lab testing regularly, working with a functional medicine doctor. Maybe you have to Go to more than one doctor to find the right fit. You have to be willing to have a pretty extensive trial and error period with thyroid medications because there are probably a hundred different combinations of thyroid medications. And in order to get the right dose, those combinations and doses, it's different for everyone. On top of the fact that they're some of the most effective thyroid medications for hypothyroidism, there's actually been a worldwide shortage for about two years now which is a whole disaster in itself. But, you know, you can fix it by doing these things along with tracking your food, having a training plan or any kind of combination of all of these things. But your metabolism and your thyroid issues can be fixed. They should not be an excuse for your, uh, if you have a state of unhappiness with the size of your body. Um, They might not be able to be fixed perfectly, but mostly. And but you have to be willing to be diligent about it. And now let's finally get to the calories out portion of this whole energy equation. Now, this part is much more simple. There is your purposeful activity or training or exercise. So calories out, you're burning calories by moving. There is also what your body burns up simply from existing, which is, like I mentioned, your resting metabolic rate and all of the energy that's burned up from metabolizing your food. And then there are are other kinds of tiny factors like stress and cortisol. Again, your hormones that will make these numbers higher or lower depending on the person. Now, one important thing for you to keep in mind if you do look up any of these resting metabolic rate uh, calculation formulas, if you use or also if you use any kind of Fitbit or apps to track your movement or if you use cardio machines like treadmills or elliptical machines, if you like to input your info so that you can get a readout on the machine telling you how many calories you burned, keep in mind that those are not really all that accurate. 
simply because our bodies are all so vastly different. Just by giving a machine your height and your weight, there's no way that's going to be accurate. How inaccurate are they? It's hard to say. So I don't recommend relying on that number. Also, here's one big caution to anyone who thinks in terms of, well, I just ate a thousand calories worth of cookies, so I'm going to stay on this treadmill until I burn a thousand calories. I don't like this type of thinking. So first of all, I want to say that if you think this way, I hope that you will work on having a healthier relationship with food because that is certainly not a healthy mindset to carry on. And second, I would not rec- I would not depend on the accuracy of that calorie readout that the machine tells you. Also, another little bit of bad news, let's not forget that when it comes to food labels, the FDA allows inaccuracies of up to 20% on calorie counts. 20%. That's a lot. And there have also been studies done that showed a lot of restaurants also have inaccuracies on what they report on their food items. And they might be, they've been shown to be as inaccurate, inaccurate from anywhere. I'm stumbling over my words here. They could be inaccurate by as much as 100 to 300 calories. That is a lot for a meal. It can be pretty significant. So that's yet another good reason to track macros over just calories if you're keeping track of anything at all. So I don't want anyone to walk away from this episode like, well, it's a lot more complicated than burning off whatever I eat. So I might as well not even try. This is too much. I hope that what you take away from this is to not cling to such rigid ideas like calories in versus calories out. And if you follow that, you can have the body you've always wanted or rigid ideas like move more, eat less, and you'll achieve your goal. It's that simple. So let go of those rigid ways of thinking because unfortunately, it's just not that simple. There are a lot of nuances to take into account. Overall, Any change in body composition really comes down to energy balance. Notice there's that word energy again, and how I always say that FitFizz is based on the idea of energy because everything in life and health and everything that we want to do and accomplish comes down to energy in some way or another. Now, if you rephrase the idea of calories in versus calories out and say it's about energy balance, that is going to ring true 100% of the time. Whether you leave hormones out of the equation or not, it's still energy balance. So if at any point, maybe you gained some unwanted fat, something in your energy balance changed. Maybe you started eating more. Maybe you were more sedentary. Or if it wasn't one of those two things, then there's absolutely something else going going on with your energy balance within your health. It could be gut health, your nutrient absorption, digestive health, hormones, or any combination of those things. But it's always figure-outable. I love that word. (laughs) It's figure-outable. So I hope you learned something today. Please subscribe to the show or leave a rating or a review if you haven't already, or better yet, share this with a friend so they can learn learn right along with you. Also, I would love for you to join my private Facebook community where you can share your victories, join us for small, easy, fun weekly challenges, and a whole lot more. Just click the link in the description or go to Facebook and search Fit Fizz Raw Energy Oasis. Hope to see you there. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and what? Always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory. Thank <laughs> you.